Podcasting with Team Scam on Kokomo Friday. It is 11.08 p.m. Eastern. Oh, man. We're after doing, dark. This is crazy. Podcast yeah. after dark. You're you're like podcasting to me with a flashlight held up underneath your chin. <laughs> we're telling ghost stories. It's kind of what it looks like. What's your favorite horror movie? What's your favorite scary movie, Scott? My favorite horror movie. That's That's a good question. Uh, I might be forgetting something obvious, but I, I'm a big fan of the original, the first in the long list of entries in the Saw series. The first one. Oh yeah. Oh, the first Saw is great. Yeah. It's great. It's great, great movie. Yeah. It's borderline horror. It's maybe more thriller, but it's outstanding. Uh, it is outstanding. Yeah. Have you ever seen The Exorcist, the original? No. That is the best horror movie ever. Okay. Yeah. What makes it a horror movie? Where are you drawing that distinction? I don't know. Between like horror and thriller? Yeah. I don't know. Like Silence of the Lambs is not a horror movie to me. No. Saw is no, kind not. of like, I think Saw is a horror movie. I think it's, it's more, more bloody, more deathy than Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, who's your, uh, Who's your, what's, what's your favorite two start pitcher for fantasy week 22 or whatever we have coming up? <laughs> My favorite. That's a good question. Uh, I don't know among those owned in, I mean, there, there are a few that are owned in just under 80% of leagues that I, I think are fine. Kind of like last week, like Clay Buckholz is in that group. Kyle Gibson, surprisingly back under 80% ownership. Even Trevor Cahill, who didn't pitch so hot on Thursday night. Uh, I'd still, I still like the possibility of using him in a two-start week. But you go any deeper than that, ones that you can expect to be available in a lot of leagues. And I'm not so thrilled. No, it's bad. I'm not so it's thrilled. Bad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Junior Guerra's is down to 58% ownership. That's now. who I was looking at. Yeah. There's one guy that's on this list in my league, in our league. I don't know that he's going to be a two-star pitcher. Mike Leak would be the obvious answer. At He'd be at San Diego and at Oakland, and he's pitching great. But he might pitch this weekend because, you know, he got his, he, he was scratched with an illness. So I'm not sure he's going to be, I don't think he's going to be a two-star pitcher. I think he's going to pitch before that, but Mike Leak, uh, you know, could, could be a two-star pitcher. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a good week for streaming two star pitchers. I guess we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, Scott, let's uh, let's talk about oh oh how about this? The most important thing that Adam has said all season. The most important thing Adam has said all season. The top seven hitters in points leagues and the top eleven hitters in roto leagues all have something in common, Scott. Hmm. I'm going to guess you don't know what that is off the top of your head, so let me read who they are. Jose Ramirez, Mookie Betts, J.D. Mm-hmm. Martinez, Francisco mm-hmm. Lindor, Mike Trout, Alex Bregman, and Manny Machado. Those are your top seven hitters in points. Top 11 in Roto are Jose Ramirez, J.D. Martinez, Mookie Betts, Francisco Lindor, Javi Baez, 
Mike Trout, Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, Manny Machado, Giancarlo Stanton, and Karis Davis. A lot of names there. A lot of names. Eleven different names, in fact. Do you know what they all have in common or what they, the, the one thing that all of them don't have? Well, that's kind of, they're all either righties or switch hitters. Oh, no lefties. No left-handed hitters of the bunch. The best left-handed fantasy hitter this year has been, in both formats, true lefty. Uh, Freeman? Freddie Freeman? No, uh, he's just behind. Actually, the next three in Roto are lefties. Ben Intendi, Yelich, and Freeman. There are, uh, there's a switch hitter or two in there. Ramirez and Lindor. But, uh, these are righties. And I'm starting to wonder, with the shift being so prevalent, with it crushing some batting average for lefties, is this something we should consider, uh, in our analysis? Now, I should say this. Two of the top three hitters in fantasy in 2017 were lefties. They were Charlie Blackman and who am I missing? Uh, it was Blackman, Stanton, and oh, not Harper, was it? Well, it doesn't matter. Um, so this, you know, it could be a one-year Votto? Yeah, Votto. Votto. It was Votto. Yeah. But righties, uh, there are more righties <laughs> than lefties, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, you're you're making a big leap on, you know, very limited data point here. It, it could just be, you know, that's the way things have played out, and... I mean, shifts are capable of hurting right-handed hitters too. They they play a big part. I feel like in Albert Pujols' demise. Oh um, yeah, but you heard what Scott Boris said. It's not fair to be a lefty this day and age. Yeah, it's not no, I mean fair. it definitely hurts them more. I don't know. I I feel like Harper. There's been some talk that maybe it's impacted Harper this year. I don't think that's been Votto's issue or Blackman's issue. Freeman's obviously been fine. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I still think there are going to be plenty of good left-handed hitters. All right, well, that was uh, what I thought was maybe the most important thing Adam has said all season. Probably not. Mine was probably Greg Bird's going to be a breakout. You've said more important things than that. I'm sure I have. Come on, <laughs> give yourself some credit. Loopy, loopy, are we going to get Loopy Scott White? I have no idea what this show has in store for us. No idea. <laughs> it was kind of a light day in baseball. The Brewers sent Corey Knable to AAA. That was crazy. We'll tell you about Michael Fulmer coming back off the DL tomorrow or today, I guess, Friday. Uh, it's Thursday night, but you're all hearing this on Friday. Let's start with the uh, Thursday standouts. Who do you got for me? Thursday standouts. Thursday, which is still ongoing, there's one game going, so maybe somebody will stand out who we didn't even see coming. It is over. It is in the books, and Trevor Delberger. Oh, then final score, great. That is good. Uh, Sean Newcomb, Sean Newcomb, who we were about ready to destroy, and held off on saying drop him. At least I did, but (laughs) not a lot of good signs. Well, he had a very good start on Thursday: six two innings, eight strikeouts. The strikeouts had been lacking recently. Um, it was against the Marlins, so you know you have to factor that into the assessment. But it, it, yeah, it was nice to see. It was nice to see, especially since uh, there was some concern that maybe he was wearing down. He is approaching his career high in innings, and I suspect the Braves are going to mix Bryce Wilson and Tuki Tucson in throughout September to keep both Newcomb and Fultonevich um, to to leave them with some innings to throw in the playoffs. But, uh. Yeah. Well, but yeah, uh, Newcomb's still, Newcomb's still worth owning. You wish, we'll you, worth... you wish this had been against someone other than the Marlins, and you wish sure. there weren't three walks in there, but 
Yeah, What's his next matchup? That's what that's what you're always telling him. Tampa Bay. Next matchup. Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay. Yeah. Boom. Another Let's good one. <laughs> Let's right. do it. Start him up. Yeah, I mean, the two starts before this, nine and a third, 21 hits and 12 earned runs. It's like jaw-dropping. The three starts before that, 20 and two-thirds, 10 hits, three earned runs. So he'll drive you crazy. Tampa Bay. Yeah, next but week. there weren't the strikeouts before that. Right, there were strikeouts early in the year, and then they disappeared for a middle stretch of the season, and kept preventing runs from scoring. And you're like, I don't know about this. And then it looked like it all caught up to him. I don't know. I mean, he for his standards, he had a decent swinging strike total in this start too. Um, I, you know, I it's it's hard to make it's hard to draw too many conclusions from this one start. Uh, obviously, the overall trend isn't completely reversed based on one start but it was it was if you were holding out hope for Newcomb it's what you wanted to see my standout is Anthony Rizzo and I'm hoping that Anthony Rizzo gets really hot and gets back to a 900 OPS for the season which is basically where he's been four straight years been right around there 32 31 or 32 home runs in four straight seasons which is an unbelievable unbelievably consistent stat uh, he has gone crazy. He's homered in three straight games since the All-Star break. Uh, Anthony Rizzo, since the All-Star break, entering Thursday's game, had a 1,000 OPS. He was batting 322 with eight home runs. And what was amazing as I looked at where he ranked over the last 28 days, uh, which is, you know, which is pretty much since the All-Star break at first base, hitting so well. He's like sixth. <laughs> there have been so many first bases, like, uh, kind of under the radar before the injury. Jose Abreu, my goodness, 341 with eight home runs in his last 28 days. Paul Goldschmidt's been basically Goldschmidt, just as good, yeah, if not been, better. 372, yeah, batting I, I'm not sure. You know, we still got a month to go, obviously, more than a month to go. I'm not sure this isn't the year he walks away with an MVP finally. If the, if the Diamondbacks win the division, I mean, yeah, he's right there. He's, you know, Freeman, Baez, Nolan Arenado. They're in the same range of war. Yeah, good point. But Rizzo, you know, I hope he goes crazy this second half or this final month and gets his numbers back up so I can be like, see, if you know that a guy is going to perform to a certain level and he hasn't done it for four months, he's going to be amazing for two months. I just want to be able to say that to all the naysayers out there. It It is good to, <laughs> yeah, to, 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 uh. Yeah, do that to the naysayers. But here's the most interesting thing about Anthony Rizzo. This is something that has never, I don't know about never, I went back the last three or four years, has not plagued him before. Probably earlier in his career did. He has been terrible, terrible against lefties this year. He has a 296 slugging percentage against left-handed pitchers this year. I mean, hmm. putrid. And I think hmm. that explains the down season. And also explains why I'm gonna favor righties over lefties going forward. <laughs> I think that's why the Padres traded him to the Cubs, or at least that was one of their concerns for Rizzo. Um, oh well, he's been in, in, he's been awesome against lefties the last yeah, four seasons. Obviously, that uh, that blew up in their faces, but, but not that this was. Year. Uh, you remember he came up briefly with the Padres. I think they sent him down because they wanted him to work on that. And, then they traded him for Andrew Kashner, and yeah, good, good for the Padres. Well, good on them. Yeah, oops. So, uh, so Rizzo, that's something to keep an eye on. Look, Matt Carpenter was also struggling badly against lefties, and then he turned his whole life around and season. <laughs> News and notes: Corey Knebel to Triple A, one of the bigger busts of the season for sure. 
Oh, I didn't mention Carpenter among those in LMVP games. Oh, yeah. Certainly he's there. Definitely. You know what I really want to investigate with Carpenter? In fact, I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to do this right now. And we're going to find out. Because I remember earlier, I feel like some of his offensive performance was tied to playing first base. Because maybe he just wasn't comfortable at other positions. So let's see if I can get those splits up with Carpenter. But uh, Knable to, uh, to, to AAA. You Darvish does not expect to miss any time next year. or He doesn't expect to have surgery. He expects to be fully healthy next year. Get, off the top of your head, give me a round for Matt Carpenter, or for you uh, Darvish next year. Huh. Okay. Uh, I'm not necessarily expecting to be, him to be healthy next year. And with that in mind, I will say round 14. Ooh. I'll go, I'll, yeah, I'll take him earlier than that. Yeah. yeah. I'll take him Maybe. round round 10. Round 10? Yeah. Okay. 100 and, 115th overall. You Darvish <laughs> next year. Very specific. Matt Carpenter has been at his best as a first baseman, but he's also great as a third baseman this year. 908 OPS, 1137 OPS as a first baseman. So I'm guessing... I'm guessing I'm wrong. I'm guessing this is not the most important thing Adam has said this year. <laughs> Matt Holiday. Hmm? Matt Holiday's back, Scott. He started for the Rockies tonight. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh yeah, and obviously it was it it was so long ago. There are probably some listeners who don't even remember him with the Rockies, but he was that's where he made a name for himself, man. Nearly nearly won an MVP one year with as the Rocky. Um and obviously, you know, still good. Like, if there's any place where he's going to recapture must-start form in fantasy, it would be there. Uh, he started in place of Gerardo Parra, which, you know, that's we're not really missing anything there. Da- David Dahl was still in the lineup, and he homered and doubled. So hopefully the ho- holiday doesn't interfere with him at all. Um, no, no, it, we'll see. But right now, just leaving holiday for NL only leagues. I'm looking at Carpenter's previous season splits. I I don't think I could have been more wrong about this first base theory. <laughs> like I could not have been more wrong about that. Uh so for scratch it from the record. Michael Fulmer is coming off the DL on Friday and he is 58% owned, a lot better at home than on the road, although the the walk to strikeout ratio is actually much better on the road, so maybe this is a fluky stat. What is your interest uh, level in Michael Fulmer? I want to say he's had a really impressive minor league rehab stint. Yeah, um, 11 strikeouts, one total base runner in six innings. Now he's pitching in high class A, but still, that's, um, that's an indicator of health, if nothing else. And, uh, I, you know, he probably deserves to be owned. That definitely deserves to be owned. Um, probably won't be must start right out of the gate, but I still feel like there's that potential lurking in there. Some Jamison Tyone like potential for, um, Michael Fulmer. I was wanting to call him Buck Farmer, but no, Michael Fulmer is his name. Would you rather have Michael Fulmer or Freddy Peralta? Oh, Fulmer. Yes. Really? Definitely Fulmer. Yep. Okay. Fred, uh, Michael Fulmer or Marco Gonzalez? I did lower Marco Gonzalez in my rankings quite a bit earlier today. I don't think he went down as far as Fulmer, but it could take just one start where Fulmer looks good for that change. Red Sox first baseman Mitch Moreland has a left knee contusion. Will Myers was out of the lineup again. Wellington Castillo's 80-game suspension is over, but the White Sox placed him on the DL with a shoulder issue. 
Daniel Murphy led off and played second base. Ben Zobra started in right field, and Jason Hayward sat. They did not have the DH today. So Zobra stayed in the lineup. Jason Hayward did not. Uh, that You know, that won't be a regular thing. You know them. The White Sox, Scott, they called up Jose Rondon, who hit 18 home runs in 80 games at AAA, and he homered for the White Sox on Thursday. Any interest there? No, this isn't the first we've seen of him in the majors, um, believe it or not. Correct. I don't feel like there is much upside there, even though he hit a good number of home runs. 290 on base percentage at AAA Charlotte, so yeah. get him out of there. He doesn't do much other than homer. Uh, and I, we don't know that he will in the majors. Devin Mezzarocco left with neck stiffness. He's going to have an MRI. Jay Bruce is coming back today, Friday. Buster Posey didn't start, but he is expected to start on Friday. But remember, that any day now they could pull the plug on Buster Posey. And Jeff Samarja is nearing a return. Scott, here's some interesting stuff. I hope it's interesting. Ozzy Albies has a 780 OPS. Like, if you're under 800 and you don't steal a lot of bases, it just doesn't cut it. And yet he's probably like a top six second baseman. Yeah, he is. Um, however, over the last 28 days, he is not even a top 40 second baseman. So that's interesting on Ozzy Albies. Yeah, it is. And they are trying to get Charlie Culberson in the lineup from time to time. Often it's at Dansby Swanson's expense, but occasionally it's been at Albies expense. I still think considering he's 21 years old, Right, I think it was twenty when the season began. Right? Just it, it's still a really impressive year for somebody that young. And uh, he turned twenty-one in January, so he's been twenty-one all year. But regardless, very impressive year for somebody that young. I'm mostly disappointed. Well, I'm disappointed in a couple things. I'm disappointed in how little he's walked because he looked like he was going to walk a lot. He did walk a lot at a high rate last year, and you know it's it's kind of been. Um, Rugnet Odor, the year he disappointed, the walks just completely bottoming out. And I'm disappointed that he hasn't run more. Uh, I yeah. don't think those are lost causes, given how young he is. So uh, I'd still be interested in drafting. I, you know, next, going into next year, I think he's going to be in top five, at least at least top six at second base. For I me. think he's got to be sittable right now, though. And the thing is, one of the reasons why Albies, despite a 780 OPS, is so high in second base he has been leading off or, you know, or batting second rather. You know, he's been at the top of the order for most of the year, but now he's batting like sixth. So he's going to lose a lot of plate appearances. And he's, and he's hitting like crap. He's the number four second baseman in points leagues. Well, so, they, he, yeah. Yeah. I guess he did bat six today. I think he was back at second yesterday. So I don't, I don't think they're settled on where exactly they're going to bat him. But yeah, it would hurt if he's not batting in front of Freddie Freeman anymore. Here's an interesting thing. Charlie Culberson, who you just mentioned, he is an 849 OPS. Does he have any value, Charlie Culberson? I think in, like, NL only roto leagues where you have to dig pretty deep to fill your middle infield spot, sure. He has value in that format. Could you imagine if Charlie Culberson were listening and he heard me say that? Does he have any value, Charlie Culberson? What a terrible... Terrible Do you thing. have any value, Adam Azer? Do no, you? I don't. Glaber Torres, here's something interesting. Now, in his last five games, Torres is 7 for 20, but only one extra base hit and one walk. 
overall, the 25 games since coming off the DL, Glaber Torres is batting 194 with three home runs and a 588 OPS. Glaber Torres has been stinky since coming <laughs> off the DL. Yeah, I, I, I think we can, we, we did talk about when he was having so much success. Okay. What's there other than the home runs? Cause he couldn't continue at that rate. At the same time, I think this is too much of a correction. Like he still has an elite line drive rate. He, he profiles as a high BABIP guy. Um, but he, you know, he struck out at a high rate as a rookie. It, it's kind of what I've said for Ozzy Alves. It's still a really good showing for 21 year olds who we suspect has a lot of upside. Uh, in terms of this year, I would call him less than must start right now. I wouldn't be looking to drop him because, you know, I, I think he could turn it on just as suddenly and be a top eight shortstop down the stretch. But, um, Right now, I think, you know, if, if there are options to consider, then you can consider them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice that he's got 11 walks in those 25 games for Glaber Torres. Uh, and, but you know, it just, it makes me wonder if he had this like kind of a, a chronic hip issue. It wasn't a huge deal. He would need a day here or there, but then he went on the DL and he's been bad since coming up. So it just does make me wonder if yeah, Glaber Torres point. is healthy. Yeah. Uh, here's a, an interesting thing, Scott. The top eight relief pitchers in points leagues are all true closers. No sparps in the top eight. Do you know who the uh, Well, wait a second. Is one of them Brad Hands? Because I noticed that the other day. Uh, probably. I mean, that's that's a pretty amazing right there because it's been about seven weeks now since yeah, he's number five. the Padres traded him, and he's still hanging on there, which to me – Tells us a great deal about how much turnover we've seen in the closer role since then. Well, um, how many? Let's see how many that saves he can hold he on has. to that high ranking. With Cleveland, Brad Hand does have five saves. Five, yeah. So not zero, but you know, if if this was, I I feel like in a normal season we would see two thirds of the league's closers hold on to their job through that stretch, and it's been about half that. This season? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Crazy um, position. Yeah. No position has changed, no position has changed more in the last few years. Maybe starting pitcher too because the innings guys like just don't throw that many innings anymore. Yeah, and I'm not really sure, I'm not really sure how to approach it. How, how it should change the approach because who's, who have been the best closers this year? It's been Edwin Diaz. It's been, um, Blake Trinan. Neither of whom you paid a premium for coming into the year. Trinan barely drafted, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, the truth now, is, obviously, Kimbrel's been up there. Kimbrel the and Chapman other, both both have pitched well, great. But now you can't count on Chapman for the final quarter of the season. It sounds like right. right. And Jansen's been, you know, he's he's been up and down and and you not know, contending with various health issues. So I, I mean, it's not like, it's not like you could just say draft one of the, you know, the, the guys we're used to seeing at the top of the rankings and you'll make out great. I don't know that that's necessarily true. It's, it's, uh, there's a lot of volatility in that role even for them. Okay. And then the last tip, oh, by the way, the top SPARP is 
The top Sparp is Ross Stripling, right? Yeah, yeah, Ross Stripling. Number Who nine. I think we will see back in the starting role because I can't, like I said on yesterday's podcast, I can't, or this morning's, mm-hmm. from our perspective, I can't imagine he has more than like two or three starts left. They, they're, they're, you know, that's a big cr- increase they're putting on that young arm who, you know, they expect to be a staple in the franchise. Okay. And final interesting tidbit, Scott, David Peralta. Well, wa- What's that? Did I, admit, what, you, I was referring to Walker Bueller, right? Was that clear? No, uh, I thought we were talking about Ross Stripling. Okay. Sorry. I, I thought I may have left the detail out. I, I think Ross Stripling will wind up back in the rotation because Walker Bueller, they can't continue to pile innings on that arm after he threw only uh, yeah, 90. Right. Okay. Now that did make sense. Yeah. That made sense. Yeah. Okay. David Peralta is slugging 810 over his last 28 days. He, his slugging percentage is 810. David Peralta. Yeah. Where do you where do you think he shows up in the outfield rankings the season long because it's high it's very high I'm gonna say he's mm-hmm. he's eighth it, well I don't know that's that high oh no it's not it's sixteenth okay okay yeah that I mean that was surprising to me when I looked at it earlier this week uh, but he has been he's made some of the hardest contact of any hitter in baseball is in the top ten in that category and if you look at all the others in that same range they're either uh, you know, some of the biggest power hitters in the game, like Chris Davis or players who we think are good and just haven't gotten the results this year. Um, so I mean, I mean, he's, I think it's more or less legit. Now the fly ball rate's kind of low for all the power, but that's been true all year and it doesn't seem to be slowing down. Oh, it's obvious. He just needed the humidor. Couldn't hit, <laughs> he couldn't hit in Chase Field before he needed that humidor. Yeah. Uh, all right, Scott, let's take a look at some other stuff from Thursday, and then we'll get into uh, the upcoming fantasy week. We got David Price, eight scoreless innings. Here's the rotation from yesterday. Great starts from David Price, Madison Bumgarner, and Cole Hamels. Price, Bumgarner, and Hamels. Obviously, they are ranked Bumgarner, then Price, then Hamels. Um, is there anything interesting to say about these guys? I think... I may have Price ahead of Bumgarner. Whoa, okay. I guess it wasn't obvious. I apologize. Yeah, I think I might because he is he has looked more like good David Price than Madison Bumgarner has looked. I mean, obviously a good start Thursday night for Bumgarner. Um, but you know, isn't throwing his heart. All all the issues we've talked about isn't getting the strikeouts and that's been dating back to when he returned from injury last year. So yeah, I think there are clear concerns for Bumgarner and, and, you know, David Price is on a team that's going to win 115 games maybe and he pitches seven or eight innings every time it seems like. Yeah, he's pitching great. Yeah, he is. He really is. And he said, he said today, the pitcher that the Red Sox signed is finally here or something like that. You know, he, he feels like he is back and that's a scary, scary thought. <laughs> Just keep him out of Yankee Stadium and everything's going to be fine. Um, Cole Hamels, yeah, I mean, you gotta start him. Mets and at the Phillies next week, he's on a nice run. With, oh yeah. With the Cubs, he's now 4-0. ERA is, is still under one, I think. I'm trying, I, I don't have the updated numbers because, you know, we don't have, because the game just ended a couple hours ago. 32 innings and, uh, let's, gosh, 22 hits. How many strikeouts? 28 strikeouts in 32 innings. So I I don't I feel like there's some some regression coming for Hamels, but well of course in time you guys sub one ERA during a stretch, but 
No, I, I, uh, I take this as confirmation as the home away splits were suggesting when he was with the Rangers that he just really needed to get out of that ballpark. And, um, it's gone as well as it possibly could go. Like you said, it can't possibly continue at this rate, but I think he's back to being must start. Kyle Freeland. Are you going to start Kyle Freeland? It was a 296 ERA, but a 124 whip. Uh, at the Angels next week in one start. He's been better on the uh, at home than on the road, even though he's a course field pitcher. Is Kyle Freeland a start next week? I wouldn't shy away from it. The, you know, I don't think he's automatic whenever he's making one start. But if he was one of my top five pitchers, yeah, that's not that's not a matchup that would scare me away. And it's really nice to see his last three starts, 26 strikeouts and 19 in the third innings. If there was anything that uh, was cause for concern. It was the lack of strikeouts. Well, that suddenly changes. He's picking those up each of the last three starts. I can tell you something, folks. All of you listening out there, it's pretty clear to me half hour in, nighttime Scott White is a, is a fun Scott White. <laughs> like you are operating very well right now, sir. Ah, uh, I thought I might need a burst of caffeine before I came in here, and there's no drinking loud in this room, so... uh Really? Trying to get it. Yeah, no, they're, they're serious. They got new carpet in here. Got a sign on the door. Only water and only with screw in lids. Oh, okay. So water. Yeah. No, I get, I get the well, other thing, but. No caffeinated water. Uh, that is true. There's. Maybe no I don't need it though. Maybe not. Maybe not. It's all adrenaline. And we'll see if your cell phone goes off tonight, but actually I've got an even more fun game. Uh, about seven feet away from me, my cat is sound asleep. So would be very fun if she would make an appearance tonight. We'll see. I did I felt too bad to wake her up. I feel like we'll be okay. <laughs> but I've been screaming, of course, in this room for the entire time. No, she slept through it. All right, Ian Desmond is one up today. Ian Desmond, one for four with a home run. He now has 12 RBIs in his last seven games. However, entering August, Ian Desmond, who's 86% owned, was batting 200 with no home runs and three steals. He finally hit his first home run of August. Um, what do you make of Desmond right now in this very cold stretch? But, but you know, 12 RBIs in his last seven games for what that's worth. You know, I had the thought as I was talking about Matt Holliday and hopefully it not impacting uh, David Dahl that maybe it could impact Desmond. Uh, you know, no, he's played mostly first base. Ryan McMahon's gotten occasional starts. Ryan McMahon's been... You know, pretty good since returning from the minors. I don't know. I, I think they're probably going to stick with Desmond. They still owe, owe him a lot of money. He's been, um, he's certainly been better than I thought he was going to be coming into the year. I know there's still an argument to be made. He's not good, but I don't know. And I think in the standard roto lineup, when you have all those extra hitter spots to fill and you could use stolen bases anyway, you could get them. I still think he's probably hard to set. I'm going to tell you another guy you can add a little bit later. Uh, that's gonna give you some steals if you need them. Fringy starting pitchers, uh, Trevor Cahill we discussed. How about Matt Boyd? I think you gotta pick up Matt Boyd. At Kansas City next week, I like it. Um, now granted I was all about picking up Tyler Glass now for his start a- against Kansas City. And it was okay. He- he's also on this list. He's 61% owned. Five innings, three runs, three, three walks, eight strikeouts, and Scott. All the things that you've been talking about, the last two starts for Glass now, just not throwing quite enough strikes. It seems to be a problem, and he's at Atlanta next week. But uh, yep. the rest of the fringy starting pitchers, Boyd, Glass now, Lucchese, Duffy, and DeSclafani. 
Boyd, Glasnow, Lucchese, Duffy, and DeSclafani. Who are your two favorites there? I would still go, I would still go Glasnow number one. My enthusiasm has, uh, waned a little bit because the last three starts, it still looks like he has some control problems, but they were all more or less good. And 14 swinging strikes in this one is, I think is the most he's had in a raise appearance. So that's good. Uh, he's number one and Cahill would still be number two despite the bad showing here. Oh yeah. If I didn't include him, I actually thought Cahill would be number oh. one. Just cause okay. he is a two star pitcher next week and the others yeah, are I mean, not. Yeah. I'd be more likely to start in the glass now next week. So of the others, I guess, I guess, uh, I guess Matt Boyd is my second favorite. I'm not a big Matt Boyd believer. I think he's had good Babbitt luck. I think he's had good home run luck. Uh, but it continues and he has looked like a better strikeout pitcher of late. Last six starts or now, well, the six starts before today, which was six, six shutout innings against the White Sox with six K's. Matt Boyd, uh, 295 ERA, 34 strikeouts to five walks and 36 and two thirds. And yeah, he's at Kansas City next week. Glasnow's at Atlanta. Joey Lucchese, you know, I know he had a great start at Colorado today. The wind was blowing in, apparently. That certainly helped. He's got Seattle at home next week. He never, ever, ever throws more than six innings. Uh Danny Duffy, I'd be interested to know what the velocity was tonight because it, it was way down before he went on the DL. and it, I, I had a feeling he was going to be out for a while. He came back very quickly and had a good enough start against the Rays, um, and he gets Detroit next week, and then DeSclafani. Uh, gets Milwaukee next week. So let's take a look at the most added players in CBSSports.com leagues. Austin Gomber. I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting. I think it's Gomber. Austin, is it Gomber? I think of Goombas. I think it's Gomber. Man, I just was watching him pitch the other night. Austin uh, Gember is number one. Uh, Michael Kopech is number two. Kopech's 80% owned. So <laughs> Gomber is not a two-star pitcher. I don't believe. We don't have him listed as such. But, uh, people are, people are into him right now, Scott. And I'm not sure, man. As, as the number one starting pitcher with 23 walks and 36 strikeouts and 42 and a third. The number one most added player is what I meant to say. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't believe he's going to be a two-star pitcher next week. He'd have uh, because to get right bumps. now they only have four people in the rotation. I have Jack Flaherty as the Cardinals two-star pitcher next week, which is obviously better. And um, Gomber's next start is at Colorado. <laughs> That's this weekend. Yeah. Um, nah. I, I'm not excited either. Okay. Kopek two. Yeah, we're excited about him. Brett Anderson, three. No, we're not excited about him. We like these next two, though. Harrison Bader and Taylor Ward. Uh, Mike Fires is 81% owned. <laughs> Would you rather own Mike Fires or Michael Kopech? Oh, Kopech. Come on. Yeah. Kopech. <laughs> Kopech Cabana. We got it. Trevor Cahill's on here as two-star pitcher. Ahmed Rosario is the third most added hitter in CBSSports.com leagues. Ahmed Rosario. You don't really care for Ahmed Rosario, right? I don't. I don't. This is all you're doing. No, it's not. I don't know. It's Chris. It's Chris? Yeah, I, I'm not a Chris huge... Chris has something to do with this? Chris likes Rosario. Mm. I think, anyway. Yeah, look, you get some steals with him. Yeah, I mean, you'll probably get more from him than you will from me and Desmond, if that's the main thing you're looking for. Sure. Hyunjin sure. Ryu is on the most added list. 
Um, and I know he had a bad start last time out. Four innings, four hits, three runs. He's been really good this year. Very consistent. So I wouldn't drop him. I know he's on the most added list, but I'm hanging on to him. Who is it? Hyunjin Ryu. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I would rather have like Michael Fulmer, but they're in, they're in about the same range. Jose Leclerc is 61% owned. That's, that might be a little low. Jose Leclerc? Yeah. I've been, I've been, ever since the day the Rangers traded Keone Kella, I've been saying pick Jose Leclerc up and I, I seem to keep dro- having reasons to drop reminders every week since. I know there was kind of a long saves drought. Um, for the Rangers that right after that happened, uh, which, you know, it happens to every team from time to time, but it's not like Kella had trouble picking up saves and it's not like they traded away the whole team. I mean, they still have a really good lineup. He'll get his save chances and he has been certainly a closer caliber pitcher this year. I think he'll do given all the uncertainty around the league in that spot. I feel like he's a top 12 closer right now. Jose Leclerc. Okay, and I'm going to give you four pitchers, Scott, who are owned in 41 to 44% of leagues. Lucas Giolito, Derek Holland, Edwin Jackson, and Marco Estrada. Giolito, Holland, Jackson, Estrada, how would you rank them? I would rank them Holland first, which says a lot right there about where the range we're talking about. Holland, uh, followed by... Uh, I don't have the names in front Edwin of Edwin Jackson, Giolito, and Estrada. Giolito probably second, and then Jackson and Estrada. I mean, I, I Holland's the only one I've ever given a thought to picking up, even a two-start week. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's go to the ad-o-meter. Hunter Renfro is 26% owned. Where is he on the ad-o-meter? Last 21 days before homering today at Coors Field, or Thursday at Coors Field. He was the number 14 outfielder in fantasy over the last 21 days. Hunter Renfro. 20, here's how the ad-o-meter works. You give me a 4, that means he should be 40% owned. You give me a 6, 60%, etc. Hunter Renfro. I think it should be the ad-o-meter. The ad-o-meter. But it's like ad, apostrophe, E-M, Adam. Um... I will give him I will give him a six on the atometer. And that, is so uh, weird. that you know, all five outfielder leagues, basically. Renfro needs to be added. How about Matt Duffy, eighteen percent owned? I don't know why I put him in the notes. I feel like people were asking about him. This man I, he's is been a, better than eighteen percent worth. He's been he's a singles machine. Yeah. He does yeah. have some speed and good batting average. Yeah. Matt Duffy. Yeah. Um Atometer. Like a four. And then here's the guy that can get you some steals. In fact, I'm going to put a claim in for him right now. Greg Allen. Greg Allen of the Cleveland Indians stole another base tonight. He has 12 steals and 13 attempts. He's probably not going to do much else. <laughs> no, he has been awful otherwise. It's surprising he's gotten on base enough to do that. He's like a three. Okay. And how about the dropometer? This we have to calibrate differently, but um, zero to ten, zero is no way I'll never drop this guy. Ten is oh yeah, dropped him yesterday. Adam Eaton, seventy eight percent owned, like an eight. Adam Eaton, man, you look at the batting average and the on base percentage. It looks like Adam Eaton. 
The slugging mm-hmm. percentage is 390. His ISO is 101. He just has no power. He mm-hmm. does have one homer and three doubles in his last six games. That's not much. But if you're holding out hope, it might be something mm-hmm. uh, for Adam Eaton. But, yeah, he, and he sits against lefties, so he's uh, he's yeah, bad. Andrew McCutcheon, 0-10 to 10 for Ooh. McCutcheon. Ooh. He might have a new team soon. He cleared waivers, obviously, a free agent at season's end. Um, yeah, Dropping him, no. I, two, one. No. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I know the, the batted ball data looks good and we're waiting it for does. it. We're waiting yeah. for it. And it's just not happening with McCutcheon. No, but like he, he's been bad by his own standards, but he hasn't been a bad outfielder in fantasy this year. He's been uh, borderline top 30, right? I would guess there's no way in Roto and probably yes in points because his yeah. walk-to-strikeout ratio is very good. If that doesn't get rewarded for you, then a, a guy batting two fifty three. With 14 homers, 11 steals, also a very low RBI total, 53 RBIs in 124 games. I'm guessing he's not a top 30 outfielder. I'll look for you in Roto. You know, it's Roto leagues with the five outfielders is still a pretty good player. Categories league, category head-to-head league with three outfielders, and obviously not the points set up. Man, you know, he's probably borderline. That's where you could think about dropping him. This is McCutcheon we're talking about, but are you afraid to drop him? You know, fearing that he goes on a, a crazy hot streak. Yeah, a little. I'm just doing it like looking at it now. I, I think he's around 35th in Roto. Okay, and last one on the drop meter How about Brandon Belt, 82% owned? Yeah, yeah, that's like a 7 probably. Just done nothing since returning from the DL. Yeah, he's had a few DL stints, uh, but he returned from the from the appendectomy, and 39 games since then he had a 6.19 OPS. He's just been dreadful. 6.19, of course, is my birthday. We all know that, but that's Belt's OPS since coming back from the appendectomy. All right, time to take a look at two star pitchers for next week. Let's see what we're looking at here, Scott. Um, we already know it's, it's not, not looking a, good. Yeah, we, <laughs> it is not looking good. We're going. If you're to... looking for a sleeper, anyway, it's it's looking pretty good. If you want, uh, if you have a bunch of high end pitchers. All right. How about Julio Tehran versus Tampa Bay and versus Pittsburgh? You got to. Uh, two road starts for John Gray at the Angels and at the Padres. Oh, definitely. He's been great since coming back from the minors. This is a, this is the tough one. This is the toughest one. Carlos Rodon't. Carlos Rodu or Carlos Rodon't at the Ooh. Yankees and home against Boston. At the Yankees is not what it used to be, let's be fair. But he is left-handed, which means Stanton will hit two home runs off of Carlos Rodon. Rodon at the Yankees I, and home against Boston. I don't think it's automatic in categories, League. I think points definitely start him, and, you know, it, it just depends what you're, what you're pursuing in a categories, League. Okay. Wins and strikeouts versus ERA and whip. Next up, we have Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn is facing the White Sox and the Tigers at home. I mean, those are two great matchups. His last two starts haven't gone very well, but if uh, 
Yeah, I mean, anytime you get a pitcher of some ability going against two, with two matchups like that, that's your sleeper. It's just he's already 84% owned, so we can't call him a sleeper. I know, I know. It's so weird, his ownership percentage. Uh, so, Lynn or Rodon, who do you think's better? Uh, well, for this week? Yeah, or? for this week, for this week. I think Lynn is, with the matchups, yeah. Yeah, it's not just Lynn's matchups, it's, it's, Rodon's uh, yeah, match. right. It's more Rodon's All opposite ends of the spectrum. Totally. Uh, Trevor Cahill at Houston and home against Seattle. You said you're good with that? I am. Okay. Clay Buckholtz at San Francisco and at the Dodgers. I yeah. mean. Good luck sitting him. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's time. It's time. To start him. It is time. It is time. Yes. All right, Pull now, the ripcord. Here's a pitcher who's got Two tough matchups against two of the five best teams in home OPS. Kyle Gibson is at Cleveland and at Texas. Gibson, I feel like Gibson's been better in tough matchups. Like he's been good against Cleveland. He had a good start against the Yankees, I believe. He had a good start against, oh, he had a good start against the Red Sox. Um, at Cleveland and at Texas for Gibson. <laughs> Rick Porcello's kind of had that too. Feels like a confirmation bias sort of thing, but maybe not. Uh, those, uh, yeah, I mean, Kyle Gibson was awful last time out, and the strikeouts have been, you know, the strikeout to walks, as they've kind of been leveling off, kind of like we saw from Sean Newcomb, that concerning sign. But I still think he's good enough to start whenever he's making two starts. Hyunjin Ryu at Texas and home against Arizona. Uh, Yeah, I'd be okay with that in a points league. Maybe not Roto. Steven Strasburg at Philadelphia and home against Milwaukee. Definitely in a points league, but there were some concerns raised in that first start off the DL. Hopefully it was just a case of him not being built back up yet. We got Zach Eflin against Washington and the Cubs. Yeah. Yeah, I'd start him. Last start was awful, but it was isolated. Junior Guerra might be your best streaming option at Cincinnati and at Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, okay. I would agree with that. I mean, he's been fine. I'm I'm actually a little surprised he's less than 60% owned. 58% owned Junior Guerra. Edwin Jackson at Houston, home against Seattle. Nope. Ivan Nova at St. Louis and at Atlanta. Nope. All right, here's a... Got to get desperate. Brian Johnson, Miami at home at James Shields and the White Sox. So it's... Brian Johnson against Miami and at the White Sox. <laughs> Those are good matchups. That, but that that would I don't be a buy desperation. It. You know what? What about what about Eduardo Rodriguez? I'm yeah. I'm not sure Johnson makes both starts. Well, that's that's a good point. I could because I know uh, Rodriguez is on a rehab assignment now. Um. Yeah, let me see if I can find a timetable for him real quick. Okay. Yeah, you'd have to be kind of scratching for you kind of you know digging for treasure. I don't know because Johnson like never pitches six innings, but two starts he could get you he get you ten innings, three runs, something like that. Um, James Shields, there's no way we're starting him at the Yankees and home against the Red Sox. And then what about Daniel Ponce de Leon against Pittsburgh and Cincinnati? Yeah, like I said, he I don't think he's actually going to make two starts because oh, right. he got sent to the minors. They had an off day Thursday, another off day Monday. So I, I think he'll be back up to make a start this week, but I don't think it'll be two starts. I think Jack Flaherty's the Cardinals' two-start option right, for this right. week. 
Uh, that's it. Gavilio. Well, Gavilio at Baltimore and at Miami. <laughs> what the Gavilio? Yeah. Well, his last start was awesome. It was seven innings, it was. two runs, yeah. seven Ks against Baltimore. He might be. Who was that scrubby pitcher? I oh, I guess it was Trevor Richards, and then he didn't end up making two starts. Never mind. Never mind. Um, yeah, that's is probably the desperation sleeper. Mm-hmm. Based on those matchups, I mean, he has. I guess he has an ERA over five. He hasn't been. Yeah, there's not a lot to like here, but they are not. two good matchups. He's coming off a good start. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, if you want to go with Gavilio, then go with Gavilio. I am going to read some emails from our friends, our listeners. Carlos from the Dominican Republic. Would you drop Will Myers or Eloy Jimenez for Mar- Kendris Morales, Tyler White, or Jake Bowers? Would you Depends drop so. Will Myers? Yeah, I'll read it again. Will Myers or Eloy Jimenez in a categories league, by the way, uh, for Kendris Morales, Tyler White, and Jake Bowers? I de- it, it would depend how immediate the need is. I definitely wouldn't drop Will Myers because I think Will Myers is better than all three of those. Uh, but I would suspect Eloy Jimenez is not coming up this year. Uh, I would have said the same about Michael Kopech a week ago. So, you know, I don't know. That's just where, where I think, uh, the signs are pointing. Um, but if he does get called up and you'd stashed him for months and then somebody else benefits from him, that would totally suck. So if it's just for a bench spot, I'd stand pat. If uh, if you really need help now, Blue Jays have great matchups this week and Morales is red hot, so you could drop Jimenez for Morales. we got uh, Casey who says, Dear Miguel, Brian, Hunter, and Johan. Miguel, Brian, Hunter, and Johan. I don't I, – I I mean, look, it could be Miguel Sano. Twins? Twins infield? Brian Dozier. Oh. I was – Tori Hunter and Johan Santana. <laughs> oh, maybe. Oh. That doesn't make any sense, though. Uh, all right, well, anyway, how would you rank these, these guys next year? Carpenter, Suarez, Rendon, Justin Turner, Javi Baez. Carpenter, Suarez, Rendon, Turner, Bias. Tory Hunter. Yeah, that doesn't make. I'm still trying to figure that. Okay, sorry. So answering the question, um, what uh, what is the question? This Rank these five next year: Carpenter, okay. Suarez, Rendon, uh-huh. Turner, Bias. Okay, I will rank them. Justin Turner. With next year in mind, I, I think you got to go Bias one. Followed yeah, no, by, yeah, I don't think you have to do that, Scott. I think that you just put him over Matt Carpenter. I did. Because yeah. you're sleepy, Scott White. Oh, you're doing that for real? I'm doing that for real. I mean, Matt Carpenter's old and has been very inconsistent over the last few years. I'm, I'm glad he finally, uh, lived up to the batted ball pro- profile over these past couple months, but I don't think all concerns are erased there. Wow. Okay. So I, I wouldn't even, he'd be fourth for me. Yes. Honestly. You're taking but, a guy who's one of the elite on base players and putting him behind Javi Baez who never walks. That is not the Scott White I've come to know. (laughs) That is nighttime Scott White. This is after hours. (laughs) After dark Scott White. Take a a turn for the darker side talking about horror movies. and Mm -hmm. Baez, Suarez, Rendon, Carpenter, Turner. Baez, Suarez, Rendon, Carpenter, Turner. And by the way, like, it's, it's a thin... Then separation with those top four. It's it's Turner who's the distant fifth. 
And uh, this is an email from Nick in a town on the north shore of Long Island. Nick, you're from Great Neck. Dear Stewie. That's a good setting for a horror movie, right? The north shore of Long Island or Great Neck? Either one. Yeah, Great Neck wouldn't be good for a horror movie. I mean, I guess it is kind of like this quiet little pleasant town, but no, nah, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, dear Stuart, Itchy, Fievel, and Mr. Jingles. Those are Those mice. Mouses. Those are mice. This is actually mouse. Mouses. <laughs> mouses. <laughs> mouses. Late night Scott White just said mouses. <laughs> Uh, this might be a football listener because we had <laughs> a joke about that. Uh, there's a proposal in my league to change how wins are allocated. The proposed system would work as follows. Each week, every team will, like usual, earn a win or a loss based on the outcome of their head-to-head matchup, but will also earn a win or a loss based on how many points they score that week. Uh, the For this, we would order the team scores for that week from highest to lowest. If you score in the top half, you get an extra win. If you score in the bottom half, you get an extra loss. What do you think? Hmm. It's not. It's it's not bad. It's not bad. Um. I guess it kind of dilutes the effect of luck. I don't think it's necessary. But if if this is a great concern among the owners in your league, uh, I off the top of my head, I don't really see the harm in it. All right. Let's it's go to kind a, of like doing a power ranking. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, at least on CBS Sports, you can you can look at the power rankings that kind of takes into account um, points as well as record and, I, and you know. I got a beef with power rankings. Well, so, this, is a, this one is a very, you know, formula-driven process, formula-driven process, but yeah, no, go I'm ahead. Saying, What's your beef? When I read What's a power your... rankings article, mm-hmm. I feel like the authors are very – much just putting the team with the best record at number one. And I feel like your power rankings should really be who you think are the best teams in, in what order. And records shouldn't necessarily, like, like if I'm doing power rankings right now, there's no way the Yankees are number two. The Astros are number two. For Scott, they'd be number one. But Here's my issue with power rankings, Adam. Mm-hmm. What are they? Yeah, what are they, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah. You're getting people to click on him, but it's entirely meaningless. It's just fodder. It's yeah. just stuff to talk about. Stuff for people like you to gripe about. No, That's all it is. I mean, I, I think it'd be interesting, but I'd it's, rather it be more... You can do no wrong with power rankings because you're going to get the clicks either way. Okay. I guess maybe we should title every episode like 00824 uh, Fantasy Baseball Podcast Power Rankings. And then we're never ever going to bring up power rankings. We'll just put that in the title. All right, let's do uh, today's matchups. Friday's matchups: Matt Harvey at Alec Mills, Reds at Cubs. Matt Harvey at Alec Mills. Nope. CC Sabathia at Alex Cobb. This is Sabathia's first start back, right? Yeah. So that's a no. No, it's the Orioles. Yes. Jake Arrieta at Ryan Barucki. <laughs> Um, I don't know the tune of the song you sing well enough. We're up all night to Barucky. We are no, all right now. We, we are, are up all night we're to Barucky. We're up for Barucky, but we're yeah. up for Arietta instead. Uh, Gio Gonzalez at Jason Vargas. Uh, nope. No. No. Mike Fultonevich at Dan Straley. Definitely Fulty. No Straley. 
Hector Velasquez for the Red Sox. Nope. nope. Uh, yeah, open okay. game for the Rays. Open game for the Rays. Ronaldo Lopez at Michael Fulmer. I will start Fulmer against the White Sox first game back. Caution to the win. Let's do it. Sean the Maniac Mania and Jake Eggs Odorizzi. Mm, I'll start Mania. I will not start Odorizzi. I will give a nickname to everybody now. Jay must start Musgrove and Wade Smiley Miley. <laughs> Just Musgrove. Um, Mike the Clementine Clevenger <laughs> and Brad Kel oh, Keller Pudding Pops. No, I don't got. I have nothing. Mike Clevenger and Brad Keller. Just Clevenger. Okay, let's see. Miles. Nikolaj. Mykonos uh, Michaelis. <laughs> and Antonio. I'm, I'm trying to send a tell. Nah, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Miles Michaelis at Antonio sends a tell. You're going to start Michaelis at Coors Field. Yes, you are. All right. Um, Erasmo Ramirez at Zach Godley. The godliest. Dallas Keuchel at Andrew Heaney. Um, uh, yeah, can't, can't Keuchel, yes. Heaney, uh, I can't do uh, it. I can't you can't do it. Do it. I'm kind of leaning yes. Um, yes on the. All right, I'm a little worried. The Heen, the Heen dog, the Heen machine. Andrew the Heen machine. Clayton Richard, Clayton Dave Richard or Rich Hill. Rich Hill. For sure, Rich, Clayton Richard. Hill of Beans. I'd rather start Dave Richard than Clayton Richard, frankly. Uh, and finally, Drew Hutchison. Oh, Derek Rodriguez is back. Lovely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You're going to start him at home against the Rangers? Sure. Okay. Sure, let's do that. Derek Rodriguez. I can't believe we did almost an hour, Scott. Amazing. Yep. We're at the, we're at the overnight shift. After hours. An hour after hours. All right. That's Scott White. I'm Adam Azer. Have a great weekend, everybody. And we'll talk to you on Monday with a weekend, with a weekend recap. Happy Kokomo. Kokomo.